extreme web Refugee poverty, disease, climate change, homesickness, education, physical abuse, prejudice, species, drug abuse, extinction, extremism, sexual assault, corruption, pandemic, overpopulation, media violence, race, sexism, income inequality. Around the world, individuals face diverse challenges. Together, as a global community, we are creating solutions. I'm Dr. Chris Thurber, psychologist, parent, professional educator, and this is Teaching What It Takes. I'm delighted today that I'm joined by Nikita Panfilov and Glasha Ospicheva, who are the newly elected head boy and head girl at the Letovo School in Moscow. Nikita and Glasha, welcome. Uh, thank you very much for inviting us. Um, I think I'll start first. My name is um, Glasha Glafera Ostipichova. I am currently a student in Letova School. And as you already said, we are newly elected head boarders. Um, I'm personally a head girl. And um, actually, Letova School is very new for Russia and for us. Uh, we've never been boarders before. and this is our second year in Letova School, and actually the second year for Letova School. Before that, me and Nikita studied in the same school. It was physics and math major school. Um, we were classmates for over three years, and um, now we're here in Letova. Um, I'm personally engaged in physics and math as I did before. And uh, one of my favorite hobbies is photography and bird watching. This is also one of the common interests I share with Nikita. So this is all I can tell for now about myself, uh, Nikita. Yes, uh, thank you very much, Dr. Server, for invitation. Glasha taught almost all about, uh, uh, about us, but uh, let me introduce myself as a student. Uh, as mentioned, I was studying math and physics in one of the best uh, lyceums in Russia. And uh, after entering Latva school, I've changed my majors to geography and physics. Uh, and also I go cross country running and ski racing uh, as my sports and do, do a lot of bird watching, especially during the lockdown. Uh, we are the heads uh, of boarding prefect team, uh, which purpose is to help students and boarding in development and uh, routine life. Uh, and in our team, I prefer to be a manager of our projects. Well, welcome to both of you. I'm I'm thrilled that during this quarantine and during your summer vacation that you were able to take time out of your schedules to have this conversation and, and join me on this podcast. Most of the people who listen to the Teaching What It Takes podcast are professional educators. Some of them are parents. All of them would be thrilled to understand a little bit about the structure of the leadership among students at Letovo. So both of you are seniors. You're both in your final year of high school before university. I understand from speaking with the head of boarding, uh, Ms. Di Riley, that you have prefect teams, uh, four boys and four girls with whom you work. Nikita, could you tell me a little bit about how that team works or how 
you envision that it will work once school begins? Uh, well, the system was um, built gradually. First, we uh, had boarding community. Uh, is a totally uh, democratic institute uh, where you can go to uh, via elections. Um, there, students can solve uh, daily problems uh, and to talk to uh, the head of boarding and uh, senior boarding senior boarding team about uh, issues uh, which um, they have. Um, then uh, Ambassador Institute was founded. Uh, Am Ambassadors is a volunteers of boarding uh, who uh, help them uh, uh, help boarding during the um, open day uh, open days, and uh, they helped them to adapt new newcomers uh, in boarding school. And uh, last year um, was. Found um, prefects and headboarders was founded in our school, and the purpose of prefects is to um, be uh, um, first of all be a leaders of uh, all this system of leadership in boarding uh, uh, of Letava and um, help uh, younger uh, younger students to. Um, to develop and to be, uh, become better leaders and um, better managers. And uh, another um, purpose is to uh, help boarding as uh, teenager adults, let's say, uh, someone who can uh, take uh, um, one issue to solve uh, him, him uh, or sh uh, himself um, and uh, who can um, who can work by uh, himself without uh, help of uh, tutors or boarding so it's uh, helper of boarding and students uh, thank you for that explanation it's it's a combination it seems of promoting social and emotional well-being and helping with the adjustment to boarding life as well as supporting the students' academic pursuits. Uh, Glasha, anything to add to that description of the role? Um, I think uh, Nikita's explanation was amazing. It is, um, I think even though he, the description was very precise and concise, it is hard for, for us now to show how complicated and gradual <laughs> this work of building everything from basically nothing was. It was. It all started as uh, Mrs. Riley's initiative, um, boarding committee, and ambassadors. It was something absolutely new for us. We don't have boarding in Russia, and. For us, all this kind of organizations uh, at this kind of level are new, and the way it developed from board basically boarding initiative to children initiative, it was an amazing work, and um, I'm surprised Nikita didn't mention we just finished one of the documents uh, of um, 
that basically describes the work of uh, boarding prefects and head boarders, which is a great step for us as for newly elected, not elected, chosen um, leaders in building this kind of a tradition, this kind of a community, this kind of a government system in our school. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. And the structure as we, we have it now is quite complicated. And when all the all new people come to our school, whether it's already grown-ups or students, it's, at first it's really hard to explain what's the difference. You know, there are three different groups of people, that actually now four, so they're head boarders, prefects, uh, ambassadors, boarding committee, and for me at first they sounded the same. And when we were first elected as prefects, we wanted to ask Miss Riley, what's the difference? What should we do? And Miss Riley told us, I don't know. It's, it's your job. You write the job description. And we were like, okay. So now we decide. And we did. Well, I congratulate you both on what I'm sure was a very thoughtful process of constructing that. And uh, I think one of the best educational experiences that a student can have is to be told by their advisor, whether that's a teacher or a dean or, you know, head of boarding, I believe that you have the capacity to do this. And, and to be given that autonomy, I think is wonderful. I can see why the two of you were, were chosen for this position. And you're pioneers because you're laying the groundwork for the students who will uh, come up next year and be in this position. It's worth reminding our listeners that because the Letovo School is brand new, there weren't seniors, there weren't 12th graders uh, to begin with, right? Uh, the three of you uh, were at Letovo last year, there were students at Letovo the year before that, and then the year before that, the school didn't exist. So you have come up through the ranks, as you said, and had some junior leadership positions, and now you'll be the first graduating class. So again, congratulations to you both, and you've, you've paved the way. Surely there'll be some modifications as you discover what it is that you really are best at and how you want to, you know, revise the role, but it's really, really exciting. It's absolutely fantastic. I'd like to ask you now, since we've spoken a bit specifically about uh, Letva, could you just wax philosophical for a moment and speak broadly about what you think makes a good leader? Not necessarily a student leader. Uh, it could be the captain of a football team. It could be a parent. Um, there are a lot of different leadership roles that that people take on. But when someone says that word leader or leadership, what are some of the things you, you think about? Glasha first, uh, what about leadership for you? What are the important ingredients? Um, it's actually an interesting question. Um, a few months ago, I decided to research it from a scientific point of view. Um, I'm, I'm practically always, I was always interested in sciences, and this kind of a scientific approach was particularly interested for me. 
And I discovered that this leadership as we know it now, like role model, like capable of getting best of the people, like I would say in Russia it's particularly this kind of a hero, you know, who is um, in Russia we have um, the particular example is Gagarin and some of the military heroes that we had and we, we talk about them quite a lot and there is a scientific kind of a background of this leadership as we know it now it's all based in um, hormones such as serotonin, uh, serotonin and uh, oxytocin these are basically the hormones that make us interested in doing something not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of our team and for the benefit of all those who surround us. And um, one of the points of view, what, di what differs between the, like, I don't know, manager or the leading role in the company and the real leader, is that the leader is the only one who is ready to sacrifice himself and his kind of resources for the team. The great example of this um, comes from evolutionary point of view. Uh, let's go back to cave people and look at their kind of leaders. Um, let's assume that in this kind of... Uh, cave people society, the greatest measurements of power and might is uh, like muscle power and like muscles in general. And so the strongest person in the group is a leader. He's like an alpha male or alpha female and he gets the bonuses of being a leader. Like, I don't know, the, great, the biggest and the tastiest parts of meat. However, when it all comes to this kind of uh, aggression from the outer worlds or the problem coming from the outer worlds, all the team is waiting for him to protect the society from the danger that's, that's going from somewhere else. And uh, unless the leader does it in this kind of ancient world, um, uh, he, 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 um, if he doesn't, he basically gets the benefits. If he doesn't, he's not a leader and they just don't appreciate him as much as they did. The same thing works for our modern worlds um, because, you know, often in this kind of a more, uh, I would say, um, grown-up um, environments of business and so on if we have a um, person on the I would say leading roles something like uh, heads of um, something and he basically of course he gets the m more money for what he does but if he's not ready to commit with his work protect his um, workers and do whatever he can for their um, for their well-being, he's not a leader. And what normal walkers would say in this situation, they would say, why this kind of a guy gets more money than I do, even though he's not anyhow better than I am.
And uh, this, is, this comes to one other conclusion I would want to make is that the great leader makes sure that in his working environment, in his team, everything is this kind of a secure. Not only there's no kind of physical danger, but there's no kind of moral danger, for example. Um, it is a common situation now that in teams, in school, in, on the working place, wherever, we are competing between each other for, I don't know, a pizza slice or, I don't know, a bonus or whatever. And the workers and the team members, they don't have energy to basically be creative, to open up, to uh, get as much as they can for the, pub, for the shared goal. They are basically competing between each other and not paying attention to this kind of uh, external problems or external competition. Mm -hmm. And um, if the leader doesn't pay attention to this and he doesn't make sure that there's a trust, there's a, a nice working environment for all the workers and there's no inner competition, uh, there will be certain problems. And um, this is exactly the leader that not the leader we want to see. He's not capable of getting the best out of people. He's not capable of motivating others to pursue a common goal. And um, uh, this is not what makes a leader leader. So, it's yeah. A, it's um, a fascinating answer. And I don't mean to cut you off, but just to sort of summarize to make sure that I have understood. First, there's something innate biological that can make somebody a leader the as you mentioned the hormones that underlie altruism or doing unselfish things for other people that that really incline us to connect with other people to want to be with them to want to be in a group at a fundamental level that may be the basis of leadership and then you made a contrast between somebody who might be able to fight their way to the top of the pile, either because in prehistoric times they were physically the strongest or in some other way uh, the most attractive, but now it may have a lot more to do with how they strategize. And just because someone has fought their way to the top of the pile and has the title of leader doesn't make them a good leader. Uh, what makes them a good leader, you said, is two things. One, they are willing to be unselfish and sacrifice some of what they have to defend the group against some kind of outward attack, which isn't any more uh, saber-toothed tigers, but could be something moral or uh, protect them from uh, discrimination, for example, or protect them from uh, some other pernicious part of the culture. And they also need to work hard to help other people who are part of the group be their best selves, right? To help them be physically and emotionally safe so that 
those people in the group are, as you said, secure and then have the opportunity to work hard. And it occurs to me that a leader like that, who is unselfish, who is willing to sacrifice themselves in some way for the group, who is looking out for the best interests of the group members, is going to earn the respect of the group. And somebody who fights their way to the top might have a kind of coercive power, but may not have earned anybody's respect. So I'm, I'm fascinated by your answer. Uh, Nikita, what are your thoughts? What would you like to add to that? Or is your view of leadership quite different? Well, I absolutely agree with Glasha. And maybe I want to add uh, from that from my point of view, a uh, good leader is also someone who can listen to uh, others and who is able to trust to his team. Uh, because, mm, I don't know, you can study uh, how to manage and organize your team, how to uh, kill a tiger, or uh, how uh, mm, you should time management and time manage yourself. Um, but without ability of listening to people uh, from your environment and without trust to each member of uh, your team, uh, you won't be successful either. That's mm. an excellent addition. I think that um, right now in the United States, with the racial tension that exists because of the way police officers have responded to different situations and in disproportionate degrees, not just recently, but for a very long time, meted out, let's say, uh, I was going to say outcomes, um, but because I don't want to use the word justice, because I think what's going on is, is not just, but uh, the brand of justice that is being meted out discriminates against black Americans, um, either of Caribbean descent or African descent. And it's a, an insidious kind of bad leadership because it's not doing what the two of you have said. It's not looking out for people's best interests. It's not helping them be their best selves. Um, instead, it's a continuous uh, fighting to the top of the pile. And I hope, many people hope, that we're at a point in the United States where we can make a transition to better leadership that is more respectful in all different elements of society, not only police or law enforcement, but in all different ways. We have this shameful legacy of having decimated the indigenous people of the United States when 
European settlers came to this country and then enslaving another group of people to build it. Um, and I, I think that we've not outlived that legacy. We haven't yet, despite many good leaders in this country over the last few hundred years, emerged to the kind of excellent leadership that you're describing. It's not as widespread as it, it needs to be. And one of the reasons why I enjoy being a professional educator and working with young people all over the world is that you'll be the next leaders, not just of a group of several hundred students, but of cities or countries. And it makes me feel wonderful to know that people like the two of you are going to someday be in those positions. Um, because we need you uh, all over the world. Um, I'm curious if, if the two of you could talk about one experience in your life that taught you something about leadership. It could be something that when it was happening, it didn't seem important. But when you look back on it, you realize that taught me something about being a good leader. Nikita, I'll let you start with this one. An experience in your life that taught you something about what it means to be a good leader. Uh, well, it happened two months ago. Uh, and uh, that was a moment when I understood that a good leader have to listen to and to trust to his team. Um, this April, I understood that during lockdown, productivity of uh, a perfect team uh, has fallen down uh, and decided to optimize management system. I came up with really great solutions uh, how uh, we can manage all and do all our projects till uh, June. But uh, honestly, I have completely missed the point uh, because I didn't ask uh, others uh, of what uh, do they think about uh, our team and um, what they want to see in our management system. Uh, we even have uh, argued a bit, but after it, I um, started from this case that no matter how much you are experienced in something, uh, you always need to hear and to trust your team. That's fascinating, and I, I can see now the origin of the additional comments you made. Uh, a great leader earns not just the respect, but the trust of his team, and, and he or she or they also, they give trust um, to, their, to their team in the same way that uh, Dr. Kolchvoy and Mrs. Riley entrusted the two of you to design your positions um, and that a great leader has to be an excellent listener. Um, Glasha, for you, an experience uh, recently or long ago that taught you something about leadership? Oh, I actually have so many flashbacks now 
in front of my eyes. I'm thinking about my previous school, about the experience. Like I'm on the um, uh, international uh, baccalaureate program, IBDP, and this is a whole new experience because we don't. Uh, service in Russia is not at all popular. So we know about it when we have so many volunteers, but it's not what we do from this kind of a childhood, from even senior classes. It's not a po popular thing. And um, this is why I would speak more about it. Um, in Russia, we have quite a big problem with elderly homes. Uh, it's they're government elderly homes. However, they... I would say lack funding and there are great charity companies who support elderly people and try to help them not to feel lonely and not to feel, um, I would say frustrated because, um, uh, sometimes there's so few, so few funding that those who are not able to move anymore can't go outside. So they're like, locked on their second or third floor without an opportunity to move around and all they all the joy they get is are the volunteers that come and visit them and talk with them and i first went there um, a year before going to letova and i it, for me it, i had passion to share with others how amazing it can be to go there and i faced some problems with that. I was organizing uh, this kind of a charity program in Letova uh, and um, in, the, in the middle of the year, so in December or in February, we were preparing our visits together with my classmates and I didn't see a lot of enthusiasm and I was so shocked because I thought this is what, what all people want to do. And um, I didn't want to do everything at all. Like, uh, I mean, not that I didn't want to do it because I was busy, but because I wanted others to do something um, too. And I was waiting for quite a long time and I was a bit frustrated that nothing happened. And then I approached my cast advisor and asked them, ask him what to do. And he gave me the advice that I won't forget ever in my life. Uh, it was something like a story about the man who changed the world. It is quite a popular story that there was a man in the world who was, um, who always had this kind of idea of changing the world the way he saw it. And when he was, at, and during all his lifetime, he couldn't do so. And in the end, when he was already uh, old, he finally understood how the man should do it. You first have to start from yourself by changing yourself and by, as we say, being a role model, being uh, an example, which sounds a bit, I would say, cliched, even, even though this is the only way it works. By being an example, you make your friends, your family um, different. You change them the way you want to change the world, then they change the community and the community may one day change the world. And I, I tried it on my example. It, was, it wasn't as smooth as I thought it'd be, but for now, this kind of a motivation that the leader has to give, this kind of a, um, what is now called the, um, um, 
golden circle model where you start from the shared goal, this kind of idea that you share with, that, that you at first um, um, develop in yourself and in your community and in the whole world. This is what I think the leader has to do. You need to, the leader has to answer for himself or herself, why is he doing something? Why is he doing charity? Why is he doing the boarding government uh, activities? Why is he a team leader in the sports team? And then after that, set an example so that others would join the common goal and pursue the goal, not because they're paid or they have bonuses or they have some kind of a... Um, that they gain something because of this activity, but because they actually share your values, your goals, your uh, ideas. And this is why I think sometimes in these big companies that are, we think are more about money and more about business than about this kind of uh, changing the world, why there are still people who, work like sweats and uh, tears and bloods just to do something valuable. Thank you for, for sharing that story as well. Um, does indeed sound like a powerful moment uh, with one of the faculty. Well, let's, so let's bring it back to Letovo. Um, you have, both of you been students at the school and now in your final year, I'm curious, what you imagine some of the challenges to be um, that, you know, Glasha, as you were saying, if a leader has the inner conviction, if they believe themselves and if they set an example, then it's a very powerful influence on the people around them. Uh, as Nikita said, great leaders also need to be excellent listeners so that they're learning about the experience of other people in the group. And I can imagine that there are dozens of different challenges that each of you and the prefect teams that you're working with will do to help the younger students and for that matter, the seniors your peers who may also be struggling with different things. Uh, but Nikita, could you, could you pick just one common challenge that you think exists for new boarders and give us an example of how you and your prefect team will help that person? Do you mean a new boarders as a newcomers to our school or a whole school who is new for boarding school in Russia? I think new, new to Latva. Mm. Uh, well, uh, I think it's um, Latva is a completely young school. Uh, as uh, uh, you said a few years ago, there was a field on the side of our school. Uh, so um, we didn't have a um, history or a culture before it. And now um, 
what Mrs. Riley, Dr. Koshiboy, Prefect's team, uh, our um, principal, uh, Mr. Mokrinsky, is um, trying to build, I think, is to, uh, to build a um, school culture. And um, what uh, the Prefect team sh should do, from my point of view, uh, is to uh, help um, to all the institu institutions of uh, school self-government uh, and uh, leadership uh, to um, change from the regime of um, building a new school uh, to, uh, to um, a regime of uh, gradual um, sustainable uh, development of school and um, of adapting newcomers for the culture uh, which uh, we which already exists uh, as making a FAQ uh, or um, explaining what tradition traditions do we have uh, who um, could you uh, can you ask with uh, exact issue and so on. So I think that's excellent. I can imagine that to be in a new place, to be feeling at times homesick or missing the people or places or familiar food or familiar climate or familiar schedule is an enormous adjustment for any student who is new to Letova. And what you're describing is an excellent way to make them feel welcome. Giving them answers to their questions in FAQs, telling them what resources and supports are available, and bringing them, we would say, into the fold with the traditions. I understand from speaking to Ms. Riley earlier that schools have cho or individual houses at Letovo have chosen uh, a flower. Um, uh, each house has its own identity. You have some events that are just for the house and you have some events that are for the entire school. I think all human beings want a feeling of belongingness. We want to feel like we're part of a group and to go to a new school or a new summer camp or move from one city to another can be very exciting. It can also be upsetting if you feel that you don't belong. So I like that the orientation, if you will, for the new students includes so many things that give their membership to the school an identity. So they, they feel that right from the first day, even before the first day, they feel that they belong. Uh, Glasha, we're almost out of time, but what, what would you add? Can you maybe speak about one challenge that students new to Letovo might feel and how the, the student leaders will address that? Um, I would I would say uh, I definitely agree. The greatest challenge is to first of all join 
the join into our developing our school culture. I can't say that we're like uh, an old boarding school where we have uh, fixed traditions and we have everything already created so that people can come in and get used to it. We have a different challenge. We have newcomers who would be still working on the school traditions the way we work on them. So we can't just tell them they come to our school and we say, okay, here, usually we like, I don't know, do this things. And here we do this things. And this is how everything works. We have a different pro problem at a certain point. We want them to be initiative. We want them to be next leaders and we want them to develop our school culture the way we develop it. So we don't want to be, you know, sometimes uh, when you're a leader or you're in this kind of a leading position, you want to impose authority. You have your own beautiful picture of Letova and you want to share it with everyone. But you know, this in this kind of a authoritative way, you just impose it. You don't give others the choice. And this is the challenge I would have for myself. I'm quite of a pushy person and it's hard for me to give this kind of uh, field for initiative, especially for new students that I don't know. Um, yeah, I I can relate to that, and uh, I think that uh, Dr. Kolshoy and Ms. Riley know this about me. And one of the ways that I've been able to balance being decisive, which is also helpful for a team, especially if there are newcomers, with as you said, giving them room to take initiative, is by saying something like, you know, there are a lot of different ways to do this. And one of the ways we've done it in the past, or one thing that I've found successful is to do it this way. And we do need to get this done by Friday. You could do it this way and I'll help you. Or if you have an idea about an improvement and doing it a different way, I'll help you with that as well. Um, so some structure, like a deadline, some support by saying, as you said, Glasha, at the beginning, giving of yourself, and also some information, as Nikita was saying, here's the precedent, or here's what we've done before, or here's the answer to some of these questions. Uh, I think people do their most creative work in the context of uh, a challenge that doesn't feel too overwhelming because they know nothing and have no idea what's coming up next uh, on the one hand and being totally bored because everything is done for them on the other hand, right? So um, I suppose that is a lifelong process to figure out how to strike that balance. But I've so enjoyed listening to the two of you and I... I very much hope that the travel situation permits me to join you in person at the end of August for some of the leadership training that we'll work on together in preparation for the arrival of, of the new students. So uh, fingers crossed, as we say. But I just want to thank you both again. I've been speaking with Nikita Panfilov and Glasha Ospicheva about their roles as head girl and head boy, head boarders at the Letvo School in Moscow. 
And I am so impressed with your insights. I hope that I'll have an opportunity to welcome you back to the podcast. And until then, I, I wish you a wonderful summer. And thank you again for being part of this. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Teaching What It Takes. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out drchristherber.com to find more great content for schools, camps, families, and corporate executives. Thank you for being part of the solution. Thank you.